story number one. Do not mock the humans. Orphan howled up a red mushroom. The goblin peered at it for a good ten seconds and frowned. Daring, can I eat this? No, the human replied automatically. You didn't even look at it. I don't have to. Blue, aptly named for being blue, snatched the mushroom from her friend's hands. Give me that, she said before burning the kit to a crisp. Orphan gave a forlorn sigh. I don't know the point of asking if you're not going to take it. Blue continued if he hadn't spoken. We're not in the same part of the forest, stupid. Don't eat anything. The plants are all weird here. They're nicer than the ones back home, he grumbled. These don't try and eat us much. Don't tempt fate, said Daring, pushing the two goblins apart. Now, if you two don't behave, I won't teach you that fire spell I used on the mud beetles. Blue and Orphan immediately became quiet. They traipsied through the dense, insect-filled thicket in silence. After a few minutes, the dark, damp woods gave way to the bright clearing and dozens of butterflies. Dandelions and wildflowers dotted the clover patches, and instead of drones of cicadas, the songs the rain finches filled the air. Stop, Daring howled out a hand. Don't go any further. Wasn't planning on it, said Orphan. He stared at the flowers in ill-disgust suspicion. Beside him, Blue scowled at a particularly happy-looking finch. Downright odd, I tell you, she bared her fangs, but the bird just choked back. You're right, Blue, Daring prodded the lush green with his walking stick, and Arthur's meadow came about with no interference. As if waiting on cue, which, considering the being question, was very likely, a high, chittering laugh came from the trees. Goblins at our border, said the voice. A tall, grey-skinned creature materialized from the shadows. Its ears were long and pointed, and its large, pupilless eyes blinked once. Butterflies settled on the being, covering every inch of exposed skin. Normally, I'd say I'd kill them, but I'm rather intrigued by the accompanying human. Tell me, human, have you been kidnapped by these two children? Would you like me to dispatch them for you? Blue bristled. We ain't kids. We've been blooded, she protested. Say that again, and I'll burn you to a crisp. Blue summoned a small flame into her hands and narrowed her eyes. Yeah, what she said, Orphan displayed the growing tusks. It threw her back its head and laughed. Oh, how quaint goblins that can do magic. Aren't they smarter than the usual bunch? Perhaps I should look inside those heads and find out. Daring stepped forward, placing a foot on the lush green grass, and the creature flinched back. Alf, I smile, was too wide to be natural. Please refrain from threatening my students. The elf blinked one eye and then the next. Teaching goblins, it tilted its head at an angle that would have broken a human's neck. Do you also lecture rocks? The human sniffed dismissively. I don't need to explain myself to a no-braid elf. Now, do you have anything interesting to say, or shall I continue on my way? Its face twisted, eyes narrowing in disgusted anger, but peals of laughter interrupted the elf before it could respond. Five more owls emerged from the woods. None of them were covered in butterflies, instead preferring leaves or flowers, save for the one wearing a tunic made of shimmering spider silk. Unlike the others, its eyes were glowing and dozens of silver braids hung from its head. Crap, mumbled Daring. Suisosidus, you stumbled on a batch of strangers more interesting than you, said the silver one butterfly elf. 
The new arrival stretched a smile even further. That's not particularly difficult, considering your intelligence, but I commend you regardless. All the elves minus a sorcerer tittered again. The little elf turned to the human and goblet trio, tilting its head forward in a predatory manner. Human, I am Isiasius. I, elf of the eastern forest, who are you, and why is your magic odd? Darren grabbed two goblins on the shoulder and threw them back. Okay, nice to meet you. We're leaving. Bye. Stay. Trees sprouted behind them, creating a dense wall. Daring swore again. Please, Asiasa said. Join me for lunch. You'll enjoy it. Their eyes flickered with two goblins. Your pets may join. Daring stared at the elf. There are so many things wrong with that statement that I don't know where to begin. How about the parts with pets? Snarled Blue. The high elf ignored her. Will you join me willingly, human? He sighed. It doesn't matter what I say, huh? The elf blinked. Basically. Daring suddenly grinned, causing the two goblins, two princesses, to give him very confused looks. You know what? I accept your invitation. Let's do this. The elven hall was carved from a gigantic oak and decorated with enough crystals to blind the entire forest. Light scattered in dazzling patterns over the assorted guests, Orphan scowled at a particularly polished red gem and admired with growing tusks. Blue, on the other hand, was eyeing a plate of eyeball horse divorce. That one looks like it's from Auntie Greeneye, she said slowly. Daring laughed, devoid of any real humor. He took the offer glass from the dragonfly waiters, but didn't drink it. Yeah, you really shouldn't eat anything here. The ambient murmuring died down as the high elf Aesiasessa glided over to the three with his entourage. Unlike before, it was now clad in a dress made of rainbows, and an enormous diamond crown sat upon its head. Human, what is your name? Not Dunning, the Daring said in a sing-song. His name is Daring, said Orphan at the same time. Synchronized, the elves all tilted their head at exactly the same angle. That's not your name, Essiasessa. High-pitched, melodic voice suddenly went flat. Do you really think I'd give you my real name and all the power that it entails? Daring swirls his untouched drink. I have given you mine. Oh, so Essiasessa is actually your name. Daring gasped in mock surprise. Yeah, sure. I can now compel a high elf. How wonderful. It's not a real name, huh? Mumbled Orphan, looking away from the crystal. That makes sense. It's so stupid that it's got to be made up. For the first time, the owls took notice of the goblins. What a remarkable translation spell you have over these two. I can even understand them. One elf was a bit encouraged, leaning closer to Blue, but stretched out a thin finger. Blue snapped at the finger, causing the elf to pull back. It ain't no spell, she growled. We speak human, just like you. The owls all tittered. Human, you have taught them how to talk. How lovely. Yes, 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 sir. Stepped closer to Daring. Why, I'd rather want to. It suddenly said something in a sibilous, grating tongue, and the others responded in the same manner. No, thank you, said Daring icily, not interested in being your concubine. The owls all fell silent again. You speak elvish, squeaked one. Daring hissed a short phrase, causing them all to gasp. How unfortunate, S.E.S.S.R. gave a down-out sigh. Only yesterday no one could refuse our offer of companionship. Things were so much simpler when humanity was enslaved. 
That was 400 years ago, said Daring slowly. Things have changed since then. Oh, with our superior lifespan, time passes differently. Its smile was sharper than its pointed teeth. He smiled back. Then it must also feel like it blew up your capital city and declared our freedom only yesterday. S.E.S. has blinked one eye and then the next. Indeed, it does. It threw back its head and laughed long and hard until the elf had joined in. Well done. Its gaze lingered on Daring for several moments and its entourage made themselves scarce. The high elf made a brief humming noise, then, with a twirl and made the light dress flash brighter, Essiesissa swept away the suddenly as it arrived. What a bunch of weirdos, mumbled Blue. Is it true? Orphan gave Daring an odd look. Did humans really be slaves for the elves? Ha! <laughs> Blue punched Orphan in the shoulder. Like humans were ever slaves for anyone. They'd blast anyone who tried. It's true, Daring said. We were enslaved by the elves for a bit, and before that by the Elderings. What's an Eldering? Blue asked. His smile, unlike every other human, and the elves' hall was genuine. Exactly. A different, melodious voice joined in. Yes, humans truly are interesting creatures. I haven't had so much fun since AC's party in decades. Daring turned to the new elf of the skull. Good to know, and no, I'm not interested in becoming your concubine either. It laughed, deep and slow. Like the other elves, it had a light grey skin and large pupilless eyes. Seven braids were woven into its pale blue hair, and a robe flickered fire from the hung shoulders. Believe me, I have no interest. I prefer my romantic partners to be at least a century within my own age. It stretched out spindly hand, and the red ring glinted in its finger. I am Isalaelissa. It's a pleasure. After a moment of hesitation, he shook it gingerly. I'm daring. And the names of your companions? Isolelis asked. Blue beamed. I'm bl black, interrupted Orphan. He nudged her and she growled at him before opening the sound of realization. Yeah, I'm black. And I am a uh, or or organ. Organ. I inclined my head with a smile. A pleasure as well. Daring relaxed a bit and gave his still full wine glass to the waiter, who was now an enormous hummingbird. I'm not sure if it matched mutual yet, but you're already a lot better at this than others I've met. Isa Lailessa chuckled. Oh, we're not all that bad. I know, he said quickly, just a tad defensive. I'm just a little on edge after a horror show of a high elf threatened to turn me into a sex slave. Daring shifted in place, adding, My favorite teacher in the university was an elf, actually. She was the one who encouraged me to learn elvish and pursue magic. Ah... Is it Cesaresi you're referring to? He blinked. Yes, how did you know? There aren't many owls who've left the forest, said the elf, amused. She's quite infamous in most circles. We used to be good friends before she threw in the shackles of owls in society. As she liked to put it, to this day we still keep in touch. I Isolelesa inclined his head. Any friend of Ceci is a friend of mine. Please call me Isolee. Sure, it is definitely less than a mouthful. Daring said with a smirk, and when I see her, I'll tell you you said hi. Essie, I see, elf person. Blue piped in, looking rather bored. I gotta ask, are you a guy or a girl? She huffed. I can't tell with you owls, it's worse than humans. Isolay paused and twitched its ears. I'm not entirely sure. I do believe I'm female at the moment. Yes, actually, right now I'm female. 
I changed it a few years ago. I almost forgot. Orphan gave to her. Wait, you can switch. She raised a delicate eyebrow. You can't. He shook his head, whistle wide-eyed, equally stunned, and blue glanced at Daring. Hey, can humans switch too? No, we can't. Well, not normally, at least, he said with a cough, not without a lot of magical help. Speaking of which, Hasele fixed the human with an unblinking stare, pointing ears raised high. Has anyone told you that you feel very strange? Magically, I mean. He laughed weakly. Well... Gather round, the high elf waves its arms, and all the lights dimmed, leaving only the bright shine of the rainbow garments. You will all be honoured with a tour of the great tree. Wonderful, muttered Isolay. There, you must have truly impressed Essie. I haven't seen our esteemed high elf try to call someone in ages. Daring sighed. I always seem to attract the crazies. They proceeded down the fourth corridor full of artwork. Daring continued his attempts to fend off the High Elf's advances while Blue chucked fireballs at every tapestry she saw. Unfortunately, all were fireproof, but Arsene found it quite hysterical. Are you laughing at Daring or the fireballs? asked Orphan. Both, she chuckled. He looks about ready to bite Essie's head off. As to your friend Black, on the other hand, is the most delightful way of firecasting. It feels positively furious. This, said S.C.S.A.C., Loudly, is the treasury. Only a few mortals have ever gazed upon its splendor. Be honored and gaze in awe. The carved doors at the end of the passageway swung open and revealed a room full of gold and jewels of every kind. Rubies the size of boulders lay nestled amongst heaps of gold coins and dwarf-wrought jewelry. Covering the immense wealth was a visible web of red magic. The two goblins rushed forward, mouths open with awe. Shiny, Orphan shouted. So shiny. Blue stretched out a hand before being pulled back by Daring. Oh, this is simply some human trinkets and dwarven junk, said the high elf with a sniff. I do suppose they come in handy sometimes. He glanced at Daring, who continued to stare stoically at the wealth. With a wave, the high elf caused a net of magic to disappear. Yes, yes, sir, took off an enormous crown and tossed it into the pile. Then I grabbed a circlet of emeralds and fitted snugly on around its head. If you desire human, you may also have a crown, he purred. No, Daring grinded his teeth. You piece of glittery crap. How many times do I have to say this before it gets through to your overly pointed skull? I am not freaking interested. Its entourage gasped back away. Holy crap, did you hear what the human said? muttered one particularly individualistic elf in the back. So funny, the high elf's ears vibrated. So, so funny, but I'm afraid you no longer have the choice. You will stay. Daring laughed, almost bouncing off the balls of his feet. Oh, I've been waiting for this. He held up his staff. Just try and make me. Daring glanced at the two goblins, who were currently climbing one of the hills of gold. It's time to go. Finally, Blue shouted. About time we got out of this place, he scrambled down, nearly tipping over a sapphire and bronze bracelet. After one longing look at the silver knife, Orphan joined her. Isolay clapped hands and said, Oh, how wonderful! By the way, the exit is three doors down and to the left. Thanks, Daring began to gather magic, waking his staff glow with a green light. But before I go, I think I'd leave a parting gift in return for this lovely hospitality. 
Just as SES's sir began to cast a spell, Daring released his own. A blast of energy slammed into the high elf, throwing it backwards into a gaggle of owls. Then the hallway burst to life, literally branches extending from the walls, creating a dense wall of vines wrapping around any elf who tried to get up. Blood-red flowers carpeted the ceiling and walls while spreading sickly sweet perfume. Daring stared. What the frick? Despite being the only elf spared, Esselay's expression was about the same as those caught in the foliage. How the living hell did you do that? Did, did you even intend to do that? He ain't a god, explained Orphan. I think it's a side effect. Hey, what do you think will happen if he eats an elf? Blue mused. I don't want to find out. Daring looked at the pail as he thought. We really should go. He turned and hesitated for a last moment and looked at Isselai. Will you be all right? I don't want you to get into trouble because of this. You can come with us, Orphan added. Then you won't got to deal with these stupid elves no more. She chuckled. I'll be fine. I've survived worse before. Isselai pulled off a ring and pressed it into Daring's hands. Call me if you need me, yes? Now hurry, if you linger any longer, I might be tempted to join you. Daring sent another quick spell at the elf who attempted to throw a lightning bolt, and the indoor forest grew thicker as the carnivorous plants sprouted from the vines. Blue was laughing maniacally in the middle of a bonfire, while Orphan was pummeling the head of an elf dangling from a vine. If you're sure, Daring said, thanks again for your help, and thank you for the entertainment. With that, the human and his goblin friends ran down the hall, casting fireballs, punching elves, and creating enough parasitic plants to tear apart the giant tree, and made their escape. Once they were safely away from the elf territory, Daring slowed down their pace. That was the best day ever, cowed Blue. We gonna go there again, Daring laughed. Well, I can't deny it was fun to punch those smug bastards in the face. Yeah, that was great, Orphan frowned, but I don't know if we can go back. They probably don't want to see us after that, especially after what Daring did. I don't doubt it, Daring was opening and closing his green hand, examining each individual finger as it was the secrets of the universe, or at least his unexpected green thumb. Yeah, Blue sighed, but at least I got that bracelet. And I got the knife and a rock, Orphan playfully poked Daring. You got a ring too. Daring stopped dead in his tracks. What? You know that ring from E. E. S. L. E. And the nice lady gave you. You're wearing it right now. No, that's not what I meant. His eyes narrowed. What do you mean about a bracelet and a knife and a rock? Lou held out a sapphire bracelet and preened. It look, took it from the treasury. Me too. Orphan drew a copper knife from his belt. I thought it could be an enchanted. I mean, enchanted, like the one you gave me. I didn't give the silver one, but, uh... You stole from the elves, shouted Daring. Well, yeah, Blue rubbed his ears. If they wanted to keep it, they shouldn't have been dumb. You can't just steal from people. We didn't steal from people, explained Orphan patiently. We stole from elves. Sige, you blew up their tree. I don't think stealing is going to be why they hate us. Daring pinched the bridge of his nose and counted to ten. All right, fine. You both stole two very expensive magical artifacts. You're not supposed to do that. But I'll let it slide just this once, he sighed. At the very least, they'll be useful. So they are magic. Orphan and Blue exchanged grins and punches. Daring frowned. Wait, 
Didn't you say something about a rock? Yeah. Orphan pulled out a round stone from his pouch. Dull red markings were etched into the grey exterior. It's really warm and pretty. Daring took it and turned it over in its hand, pressed the spark of magic to the surface and brought it close to his eyes. The red markings were now softly glowing. Slowly, he sunk to the floor. Freck! Daring handed the stone back to Orphan and cradled his hand behind his head. That's a freaking dragon's egg. Can we eat it? asked Orphan. Daring didn't respond. I guess not, said Blue. What if we watch it? Maybe the egg will hatch, she grinned. I've always wanted a pet. End of story.